0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So this is week four in our study through the book of James. And um, we said week one, really, if you wanted a a one-sentence description of what the book of James is all about, it's all about making what we say we believe or what we think we believe truly become what we believe um, and, and that's really the whole thing. That's really where he's going throughout the whole book. He's saying that, that, that we would take what we say to be these scriptures, these truths that we believe, and then actually, actually begin to live in such a way that we believe they really are true, and, and it's really, that's what it's all about. It's about, in essence, what James is saying is, talk is cheap. <laughs> Don't tell me about it. Show me, and and we don't need James to tell us that because we all know that really. Although we don't think about it so much in terms of our spiritual growth and development, but that's really true. We have a whole bunch of sayings that we use around here um, in our culture. In fact, I, I put together a list of them um, that you've probably heard every one of these. So I'm going to see if you can finish this sentence. Okay, if you're going to talk the talk, you'd better walk, walk. walk the walk. You know that one. Um, actions speak louder than words. Than words. Just saying so doesn't make it so. Yes. Don't believe everything you hear. Uh, Put your money where and you need to practice. Thank you very much. Take that a little personally. Um, But that's really, that's really the essence of the book of James. He's saying talk is cheap. Now, what we're going to be talking about today seems like a contradiction to that because in this next section that we're going to be looking at in chapter 3, he says something that talks about the power of our words. And so, in essence, what James is saying is, talk is cheap, but do not underestimate the power of your words, that there is some power there behind them. And that's what we're going to look at together. So if you want to turn to James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, take your Bibles, your Smartphones, your tablets, whatever you've got, James chapter 1, chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And he starts with addressing those of us who make our living by words. Okay, he says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. In other words, he's saying to people like me, okay, live it. Make sure, make sure that you don't be teaching people stuff that you're not ready to practice yourself, that you're not putting into into your own life. Make sure that you're teaching truth and make sure that you're teaching truth in such a way that you are living it as well, okay? So that's instructions to people like me that, that make our living doing this. But he goes on and he dresses all of us together to go on a little bit further. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can, can, my brothers and sisters, can, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's saying, in essence, t- yes, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, but understand your words do have an impact on the lives of those around you. So, today we're gonna to kinda of take that apart and, and, and kinda of break it down. And I'm gonna give you a couple things. I mean, first I'm gonna give you the good news, then I'm gonna give you the bad news, and then we're gonna talk about just some practical considerations, okay? So, that's where we're going for the next 20 minutes or so. And I wanna start with the good news. The good news is this your words carry tremendous potential. Your words carry tremendous potential. That's good news. James puts it this way. He says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. What he's saying is if you can control your tongue, you can control just about anything else in your life. If you can get a handle on this thing right here, (laughs) you can control every other part of your body. That your tongue is more powerful than anything else in your body. It's more powerful than your brain. I'll prove that to you. Anyone here ever said something either in anger or in jest or just off the top of your head? And the minute those words came out of your mouth, you wish you could grab them and stuff them back in. Anybody else ever done that? Okay, okay. So I'm not alone up here now. Here and here's the thing: is your tongue is more powerful than your brain because? At that moment, as you are saying those words and they're coming out of your mouth, your brain is saying, "Shut up! Shut up, Shut up! Shut your mouth!" And your tongue just keeps on talking. And you wish you could just put a you know rewind And it just doesn't happen. Your tongue is more powerful than your brain at that moment. And then we say things like this. then we say, "Why well, didn't mean that the way that it sounded?" You ever tried that one? Yeah. Like that makes it all better. Yeah. Okay. You ever done that and somebody said, oh, well, if you didn't, oh, well, then no problem. No offense. Nah. He says, if you can control your tongue, you can control everything else because it is, it is the most powerful and the strongest part of your body. In fact, he goes on. He says, if you could do that, if you could control your tongue, you are Perfect. And the word that he uses there, the Greek word there is teleos, which means completed. If you can control your tongue, you have arrived. <laughs> your words, he says, can impact your whole life. When we put bits into the mouths of horses we make them, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. He says it doesn't matter how big that horse might be, whether it's just a pony or a Clydesdale. He says, you put the bit in the mouth of that horse, no matter how big it might be or how small it might be, you can steer that whole animal. He says, your tongue is like that. You can control that. It can change the course of your life. Think of these words. And they came from your mouth. I love you. How that set in motion a direction for your life. When you said the words, maybe I do set a direction for your life simple words your words not only affect your own life, they affect the lives of those around you, they can inspire they can encourage, they can comfort, they can reassure they have tremendous potential, I'll tell you I was a college student studying architecture. That's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I was involved in the student leadership in our, in our youth group in our home church in San Francisco. And I had one of the elders in the church, someone that I respected very much, came to me one day and he said, I just want to tell you that I see in you a pastor's heart. He says, I'm not telling you you're called to the ministry. I'm not telling you anything more. He said, I just want to know, I see in you a pastor's heart. That sentence has stuck with me. It changed the course of my life. Another time, actually the beginnings of Northgate, when we were just getting ready to plant the church and and trying to plant this church. We were still meeting in our living room, and, and what had happened was our home church had kind of given me six months of financial support. That was kind of my income, and and then after six months, that got cut in half, and so I had to go back to work doing what I know in construction. My dad was a building contractor. I had learned the trade, so I was just doing carpentry work wherever I could to put food on the table and pay the mortgage, and it was just, I was doing all the carpentry work I could, and I was trying to plant the church at the same time that I'm doing carpentry work, and I was discouraged and defeated, and nothing was happening, and it just seemed like this is never going to get off the ground. What am I doing here? And I got a letter from someone, Who knew about what was going on and it just said in this one sentence in that letter, you are not a carpenter. You are not a carpenter. You're a pastor. And those, that sentence, those, those words gave me just enough oomph to keep going you probably experienced those kinds of words in your own life. Someone that said something to you at just the right time, in just the right way, and it gave you the strength to keep going, to push through, to continue onward. It changed the direction of your life. That's what your words can do. They have tremendous potential to inspire and encourage and and reassure and calm and, and, and comfort. Our son... Uh, when he was in college. He, he was uh, going to school down in Southern California, and, and he suffered um, what's called a spontaneous pneumothorax, which is the medical term for a collapsed lung. He wasn't doing anything strenuous. He was just actually going from class to, to lunch, and, um, and he kind of jumped up on a wall, and just in that motion, his lung collapsed. All of a sudden, he couldn't breathe. He was just like just struggling for air. And his lung collapsed and he, he just doubled over. He, could be, he made his way to the medical center there on campus. And then it was lunch break, so they actually closed the office. And he's just kind of almost laying on the concrete, banging on the door. Somebody came to the door, saw him laying there. They dragged him in. And the you know, first thing they said was, have you been doing drugs? You know, and he can't even talk all this stuff and then the nurse that was there um as she was being able to diagnose what was going on she just she kept saying you're going to be okay you're going to be okay it's going to be all right just hang in there it's going to be okay and he said you know at that moment as she was saying those words the only thing i could think of is in the movies and on tv when they start saying you're going to be okay that's just before the person dies (laughs) so maybe not a good example of comfort and reassurance okay but, but the truth is, your words, when they are used wisely, can have a tremendous impact on somebody's life. James goes on, he says, take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. He says, when our words, when our tongue is under control, it's like the helmsman on the rudder, even though it's a big boat, and it, even though it's blowing like crazy, the hand on that little rudder, when it's under control, can steer that boat wherever it wants to go. That's if our tongue is used wisely. If it's not, bad things can happen. A lot of you know I'm, I'm a sailor, and um, I, I, brought, I, I brought a video to show you this is what happens when the helmsman loses control This is what can happen. Bad things can happen. Sailing terms, that's called a brooch. You don't want to do that. <laughs> when your tongue is under control, when your words are under control, good things happen. But when it's not, bad things happen. So here's the bad news the good news is that your words carry tremendous potential. The bad news is your words carry tremendous potential. <laughs> This is the exact same thing. In fact, he goes on. He says, listen, your words can do great damage. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. What he's saying is it does not take much to do a great deal of damage. The wrong word spoken at the wrong time can set Off a firestorm. The tongue corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. We are here in California in the third year of drought. And, and I don't know if you've ever noticed when you drive in like up Tahoe National Forest or any of the forests around here, um, usually kind of at the entrance of the forest, there's a, a big sign board out there and it says, fire da- danger today. You know, have you seen those signs? And, and it has this like little thermometer thing and over here it's very low. And then over on this side, it's like extreme, okay? Okay, well, we're in the third year of drought. This is going to be an extreme fire danger, which means... Pay special attention. Don't just throw that cigarette out the window and think it's going to be okay. Be careful with that campfire. Make sure that it's completely out. Be careful of those sparks from your muffler. Anything, anything could set off a firestorm. And James is saying if we had one of those signs on our mouth, the needle would be over here on extreme danger. Because he's saying a whole forest can be set on fire with just a spark. It's that spark. Powerful. Just as powerful as our words can be for good, our words can be powerful for bad. And some of you know this. You know this firsthand. You've burned burned friendships. You've burned friendships because of maybe lies that you've told. Burned marriages because of words spoken in anger. The number of times, if I could tell you as a pastor that I have sat in a counseling session with a couple that for years, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, the words that have been exchanged and the damage that it has done to the very soul of that person that they say they loved, and try and putting that back together when that kind of damage has been done by words. By words. Families and relationships with sons and daughters burned because of constant criticism. If we could, if we could today, if we had a, a special set of glasses, spiritual glasses that would allow us to see the souls of those around us, and we looked around this room, I bet we would see burn victim after burn victim after burn victim. It doesn't show on the outside. The people who have been hurt and damaged. By our speech, the message paraphrase puts it this way. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony into chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up and smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. Reputations that have been ruined by gossip. And it's like a wildfire because you can't, you, can't, you can't stop that. That gossip goes and it spreads and the person that's being talked about has no way, has no way of going and finding everybody that ever heard that juicy piece and try and correct the situation. It's gone. It's done. It's out there. It's doing damage. Far, far beyond that first word that was spoken. That's the damage our tongues can do. Our words have tremendous potential for good. Our words have tremendous potential for bad. And the difference for you and me, the difference is how well you can control your tongue. How well I can control my tongue. Now, at this point in James' letter, you would expect okay, so here's the answer. Okay, we all get it, James. We understand that. We've seen it, we've experienced it, we've done it. Okay, we know the problem. So, how do we fix it? Tell us, you know, you've built this scenario, you've told us, and we understand it. Now, what do we do to make it better? And this is where James goes No human being can tame the tongue. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What? That's all you got? I mean, this is supposed to be a practical faith book. You're supposed to give us the solution. How do we fix this thing? And what he's saying is, this thing is so out of control. This problem is so perverse. This thing is so widespread that nobody can stop it. It's worse than you thought. And it's almost like he's saying, this is a hopeless case. And I kind of, I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, that, well, wait, there's got to be an answer here. There's got to be some practical application, That's something we can do to fix this. And I think what he's doing is, I like the way uh, Andy Stanley puts it. He said, do you remember when you had um, driver's education? Anybody remember driver's education? Now, I don't know what, if they still do this today, okay? When I took dri- driver's education a few years ago... Um, We had the driving part of it, and then we had the classroom part of it. And in the classroom part of it, you know, we had to learn the rules of the road. And then we had these films. Anybody remember the driver's ed films? Okay, like Red Asphalt, it was called. Uh, There was another one called Signal 30. That one sticks in my brain to this day, okay? And again, those of you who are my age. okay. These films were old when I saw them. Okay, They're all grainy black and white, but all they were were pictures of accidents, and there are some of those that are ingrained in my brain. I can't get them out of my... When I think of the film, I picture this, and there was one particularly where a car actually went off the road, went down an embankment kind of into a a wooded area, and the door had somehow flung open, and of course this was before seatbelts were mandatory, and somehow the person got halfway out the door before it hit a tree and slammed the door on his torso yeah I have that picture in my brain I can't get rid of it they showed us those videos they showed us those films to tell us listen you have been given something very powerful you have a driver's license you are in control of something that has far more power than you realize so be careful be careful Or as Uncle Ben said to Spider-Man, with great power (laughs) comes great responsibility. (laughs) And I think that's what James is doing here. He's saying, understand the potential for good and for the damage that it can cause. And be careful. Now, he does give us something a little bit more. He says, you're never going to be able to tame it. We've tamed every other animal, but you will never be able to fully tame your tongue. However, you can learn how to control it. And he gives us some insight on that. He goes on, verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not He's saying there is this dichotomy about our mouth and about our words that you find nowhere else in all of creation. In fact, he goes on and he gives examples. He says, does the salt water and fresh water come from the same spring? No, it's an impossibility. He says, you don't get olives from fig trees and you don't get figs off of grapevines. He's saying because it's inconsistent. There is this dichotomy about our mouths and our tongues and our words that is nowhere else, anywhere else. And what he keeps pointing back to is what is the source? And it's actually very, very similar to the words that Jesus used that's recorded in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 6. Because Jesus said things like this, a good tree does not bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Figs do not come from thorn bushes olives don't come from briars it's the exact same wording and jesus finishes that teaching with these words it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks in other words you're going to take care of your mouth you got to take care of your heart because that's the source and when James uses that same kind of language, talking about this spring as a source, it's a source of only one kind of water. That is, there is a tree that is an olive tree, and it is only there for olives. So he says, it goes down to the source. It goes down to your heart and to mine. And that's why, that's why we fill our lives and our minds and our hearts with the word of God. We don't gather together on a Sunday morning so we get the gold star on the chart that said, I attended. We don't give ourselves to the reading of scripture or to times of prayer so we can check it off and say, I'm doing my duty as a Christian. We do those things so that our minds and our hearts would be shaped and formed and transformed by the word of God, that we get a better understanding of how life is to be lived God's way. And we open our hearts more and more to the things that God wants to do. If you want, James is saying, if you want to get better at managing your mouth, understand two things. It's going to be a lifelong challenge and the only way it's going to happen is if you take care of the source and so in very practical terms it comes down to this we can't change it by ourselves it's going to take the work of God and his spirit in our lives but we can cooperate we can determine to be a little bit more careful and a little bit more positive and encouraging and inspiring, and comforting with our words. And with God's help, as he works at the source, in our determination to let him work freely and learn to live that out, says that's where the change is going to happen. Do you bow your heads with me?